Hello and welcome into today's episode where we will be joining Canvas Chevyville where I am bringing a word that is near and dear to my heart. I pray that it blesses you today. Get ready because I believe God is getting ready to do something incredible in your life with the message that you are about to hear. We're going straight into the word and we are coming uh, from Deuteronomy 28. We are kicking off a new series uh, this week, and I'll be preaching on this topic over the next several weeks, but it's going to be different every single week. Um, a new series is called Kingdom Keys. Come on, somebody. We got to have keys to unlock the things that God has said are ours. And the great news is he said that he's given you the keys. You've just got to pull them out and use them. Amen. All right, let's jump into the word. Deuteronomy chapter 28 we are starting in verse 1 and we are going to read down to I believe it is 19 so bear with me but we need the word amen amen here we go Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 now it shall be if you diligently touch a neighbor tell them diligently obey the Lord your God being careful touch him again and say be careful to do all his commandments which I am commanding you today that the Lord your God will put you high above the nations of the earth and all these blessings will come to you and reach you if you obey the Lord your God blessed you will be in the city and blessed you will be in the country blessed will be all the children of your womb the produce of your ground the offspring of your animals the newborn of your herd and the young of your flock Blessed will be your basket and your netting bowl. Blessed you will be when you come in, and blessed you will be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated by you. They will go out against you one way and will flee from your presence seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing. Whoo! The Lord will command the blessing for you in your barns and everything that you put your hand to he will bless you in the land that your lord god has given you the lord will establish you as his holy people to himself he as he swore to you if you keep the commandments of the lord your god and walk in his ways so all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the lord and so they will be afraid of you and the lord will give you more than enough prosperity whoo there goes that you know that's in the bible we tend to get on people about prosperity but it's in the bible touch your neighbor and tell them i'm gonna prosper i'm gonna prosper i'm gonna prosper come on in the children of your womb and the offspring of your livestock and in the produce of your ground and the land of which the lord swore to give your fathers to give you the lord will open for you his good storehouse the heavens to give rain for the land in its season and to, bar- and to bless every work of your hand. And he- you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will be above and not beneath. If you listen, whoa, it sounds like there was something tied to that. If you listen to the commands, to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, to follow them carefully and do not turn to a side from each of these words, which I am commanding you today, to the right or to the left, to pursue other gods to serve them. Verse 15, we're almost done, but here we go, it's shifting. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the Lord your God to be careful to follow all his commandments, his statutes, which I am commanding you today, that all these curses 
will come upon you and overtake you. Curse you will be in the city and curse you will be in the country. Curse you will be your basket and your netting bow. Cursed will be the children of your womb, the produce of your ground, the newborn of your herd and the offspring of your flock. Curse you will be when you come in and curse you will be when you come out. Father, over the next couple of moments, I pray that you would help me to preach this word. Father, as I teach and preach and give this kingdom key to your people today, Father, may the seed of the word fall on good soil. Lord Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. And don't worry, you'll get to be seated the rest of service. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Brandon, you can take a seat too. I'm going to be preaching on obedience today and probably get zero amens, but (laughs) appreciate you, man. So I just gave it up talking about obedience this morning. So I'm going to be talking over the next couple of weeks about kingdom keys. Amen. Touch a neighbor and tell him he's giving out keys. He's giving out keys. He's giving out keys. So today, as we kick off this new series, Kingdom Keys, I felt led and impressed about this one to be the first But before I get started, we need to make sure that you understand something that when I said kingdom keys, keys was plural. Amen. Amen. Meaning more than one. Amen. And you know, last week I talked about the three keys to the Christian life, which was praise and worship, prayer and reading of the word. Those are three essentials that you must have to be a healthy Christian. Amen. Praise and worship, prayer and reading of the word. Amen. And so now we're going to get into the keys, which are multiple. But before I get started, we got to make clear that that's keys, right? That's plural. So there's going to be more than one. And in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is talking to Peter and the disciples. And he says, who is it that men say that I am? And Peter jumps up and he says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And he says, yes, that is correct. You didn't hear this from yourself, Peter, but you heard this from God. And upon this confession, I will build my church. Amen. And we tend to read that. We know how to preach that. We know how to speak that. We know how to teach it. We know how to preach it. And we should because that's the pillar of that's the foundation of the faith that upon the confession that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the son of the living God, believing in the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. That is the cornerstone of our faith. Right. But Jesus makes a statement right after that, that we tend to read over and we tend to skip over because sometimes we might not really understand what that means, because the next statement that he makes he says upon this confession I will build my church and those who have this confession I will give the keys to the kingdom of God amen and so we tend to get excited about that we know how to preach that we know how to teach that as we should but Jesus throws a bone there to the seeker come on I said Jesus throws a bone there to the seeker because his statement was, I'm going to give keys to the kingdom to the individual who believes that. Amen. So Jesus makes this statement, and I think it's something that we need to pay attention to when he says keys, it's plural, right? So that means that there are many. So we are going to be going over this over the next couple of weeks. 
And I believe it's going to help you get to another level in your walk with God. I believe that these keys are going to be able to unlock things in your life that might have even been shut up in the heavens, but that God wants you to pull out your key and unlock it so that you can bring it into the earth. Amen. You know, when you're going to hear me say this a lot throughout this series as well, and it's this, it's that sometimes we are praying for things and God is looking on his throne, shaking his head and saying, son, daughter, I've given you the key to unlock it. What are you praying about? Why you didn't hear it? There we go. We're sitting there and we're acting like beggars in our prayer time. We're acting like beggars in our prayer times and somebody who's on the outside of the house. But Jesus says that we're, and, and Paul the writer, he says that we are joint heirs with Christ, meaning that everything that was in Christ's bank account got transferred into your bank account because he who knew no sin became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's some good news this morning, church, that everything that was in Jesus' bank account is now transferred into your bank account and you and me are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus when you are in Christ you are the righteousness of God because the blood covers you come on everything's under the blood everything's under his name doesn't mean that you're perfect and you got all your ducks in a row but what it does mean is that Jesus paid a high enough price to get you back into right relationship with God and now everything that you every mess every junk that you've got going on it's under the blood and it's under the name when you are in Christ amen so it's under the blood it's under the name of Jesus. Amen. But God has given us keys to unlock things in the earth. And I'd say that that's important for us to understand. Amen. So here we go. Here is the number one key that I want to give for over the next couple of weeks. And it's the key of obedience. I was just waiting because I knew I wasn't going to get an amen. I just wanted, I just wanted one. But I knew I wasn't going to get I said it's the key of obedience. Amen. 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 Get excited about obedience. Come on. I mean, like, don't everybody shout me down there. You know. But let me tell you, church, we need to understand what obedience will unlock in your life. And when you understand what obedience will unlock in your life, when I say that I'm talking about obedience, maybe the next time y'all run a lap around this place. Because obedience will unlock things in your life, and it will unlock the things that I just told you. Amen. So number one is obedience. And in order to understand obedience, you need to understand that it is multidimensional as well, because you have two levels or principles when it comes to obedience in the kingdom of God. Because watch this. There is obedience to God, and then there is obedience to man. Just lost all my amens again. Nobody wants to hear that. There's obedience to God, but then there is also obedience to man. Because you've got to have obedience to God first, but then you have to have submission and obedience to men 
who God has placed you to sit underneath because God wants you to learn and glean from those individuals because guess what? This is a chain reaction. It's a chain reaction because that man is sitting underneath somebody else who is older and wiser than them and they're learning from them. Amen. So we are called to sit underneath God first and foremost, but then we are also called to sit and submit underneath man as well. So let me get your attention and get you back to the good stuff because sugar makes the medicine go down easier. Amen. Amen. Did you, did you catch that though? Did you catch what the Bible said in Deuteronomy 28? The Bible, the living word of God gave you a key to unlocking something. God speaking through Moses told them, if you are careful to obey everything that I command you, I am going to bless you. If you will be diligent to obey, come on, if you will be careful to obey everything that I write down in this word and everything that I give you, I'm going to give you a key that will unlock you and make you different than everybody else around you. Did y'all catch that church? He says, I will make you different. I will make you the exception to the rule. All hell might be breaking out around everybody else's life, but when you walk in obedience to me, I can make you look different than everybody else. I can make you look different than the other nations around you. Y'all will actually be serving a real God. Y'all will actually be serving a living God while everybody else is worshiping statutes and, and paying prostitutes for worship and all kind of crazy stuff. That's not what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to make you different. I am going to bless you. I am going to set you apart. Blessed you will be in the city and blessed you will be in the country. Come on. Blessed you will be in the, in the next generation, meaning the fruit of your womb. Blessed will be the produce of your ground. Blessed will be the produce of your ground. Blessed will be your crops, which crops, by the way, was, was a currency back then. So he says, blessed will be your finances, blessed will be your crops, blessed will be the fruit of your womb, because crops was currency back then. You will be blessed going in and blessed going out. Your enemies will come at you one way, but I'm going to be with you, and they will scatter seven different ways. Come on, y'all are missing really good times to shout in here, because God is saying when you walk in obedience to the things that I have called you to, I want to bless you. I want to bless your finances. I want to bless your children. I want to bless the fruit of your womb. I want to bless the next generation. I want to bless your crops. I want to bless your businesses. I want to bless your ministries. I want to bless your family. I want to bless every aspect of your life. But there is one key, and it's called obedience. Obedience to the things that God has called you to is what qualifies you to be blessed going in and blessed coming out. Come on. Blessed in the city of Shebbyville and blessed over in Unionville. Come on. Blessed in the city of Shebbyville and blessed over there in War Trace and Bell Buckle. Come on. Blessed in the city of Tullahoma, but blessed out in Hillsboro too in Coffee County. Come on. Blessed in the city and blessed in the country that everywhere the sole of your foot treads, you will be be blessed. And watch this. He takes it to another level in the New Testament because he says in Ephesians that you've not just been blessed with the physical things. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. You've got the blood. Come on. You've got the name. Come on. You've got forgiveness. Come on. You've got power and authority over the enemy. Come on. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing that you would ever need. 
But are you willing to walk in the level of obedience that makes these things possible? Because watch this. Oh, Lord, I'm about to flip the script on them. Help me, Holy Ghost. Let them love me after, please. Let them love me after. But when God is saying when you walk in obedience, it's a key to unlock the promises that's in my word to you. When you walk in obedience, it's a key to unlock the... God. Y'all know God don't lie? Anybody realize that? That God is not a man that he should lie? God is such a truth teller that when he decrees a thing and if it ever comes out of his mouth, he cannot go back on his word. Oh, Jesus. And you're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the country. You're blessed going in. You're blessed coming out. You're, you're blessed going in. You're blessed coming. Your enemies will come at you and they will flee seven different ways. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but Exodus, do you know that Exodus 23 says that when you walk, when you're careful to walk in obedience, your enemies actually become God's enemies. Some of us are needing a victory and we're needing God to push back our enemies and we're needing God to push back the hell that's come against us. We're needing God to push back uh, the spirits that are using people to come against us because you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but you wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers, and authorities in the high places. So people aren't your problem, but the spirit behind the people. Come on, God says if you're walking obedience to what it is that I'm calling you to walk in, I will make your enemy will become my enemy. And that's some really good news for the church of Jesus Christ because God is undefeated. He's never lost a battle. He doesn't even waste a battle. Come on. Do you understand that the walls of Jericho fell in such a way that they became like ramps into the city? See, God just doesn't ask you to do some things for no reason. God will sometimes ask you to walk around the city and keep your mouth shut for six days, but then on the seventh day tell you to shout and release a praise and watch the walls and the enemy come tumbling down. But it doesn't just come tumbling down. It becomes a ramp to get you in to complete the mission that he's called you to. Mm. Come on. It's a key. Obedience is a key. Obedience is a key. God is saying, I want to bless you. I want to take you from another level. I want to take you to another level. I want to take you from glory to glory. I want to take you from faith to faith. I want to do incredible things. These are promises. Oh, and for all the theologians that are probably going crazy and losing their mind right now, you might be in the room or you're probably watching on the live stream critiquing everything that I'm saying, but watch this. They're, they'll say, oh, well, Deuteronomy 28, that was just for the children of Israel. Well, if you read the whole Bible and you flip over to Romans chapter 11, it says that we have been grafted and chosen in to Israel. So you are now qualified for all the blessings. Oh, but watch out. Here we go. You also, you want to qualify yourself for the blessing, you better take the whole plate. You better take the whole plate. So here we go. Disobedience is also a key. It's just not a key to the kingdom. Disobedience will unlock some things in your life as well, but not kingdom stuff. Disobedience will unlock a, a whirlwind of trouble in your life but that's not what God wants to do God wants to send the blessing but you can go unlock with a key of disobedience and you can unlock some crazy stuff in your life come on this don't preach as well but it still needs to be preached come on walk in disobedience to the things of God that God has called you to and now you're cursed in the city now you're cursed in the countryside. Now the, you're cursed, the fruit of your produce, a.k.a. your seed. 
Your seed. Help me, Lord. You know that there's a bunch of different seeds. Seeds are words. Seeds are finances. That's why we say you're sowing seed. But my gosh, you can... Help me, Holy Ghost. How do I need to say this? You can, you can block out your seed, even though you're sowing. Let's, say, let's just use finances. You're sowing finances, but you're walking in complete disobedience. You can sow that seed, and it ain't going to produce no fruit for you. What are we doing? C- come on, cursed will be the seed that you sow. The business that you run, the job that you have, the ministry you're trying to start. He says, curse shall be your offspring and the fruit of your loins. Curse shall be coming in. Curse you shall be coming out. Cursed and confused you will be. He even says, I will rebuke instead of bless what you put your hands to. Y'all all right? It's hurt saying it. He said, I... I never even read, I'd never read, I'd read that before, but I'd never know. God said, I'm going to rebuke the works of your hand when you walk in disobedience to me. And help, let me, I'm going to get there, but I ain't talking about perfection this morning, church. I'm not talking about perfection. You're not going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Pastor ain't perfect. All, All these incredible leaders that we have in our country and around the world, they're not perfect either. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about blatant disobedience this morning. Watch this. He says, your enemies will defeat you. They will come at you one way and you'll flee seven different ways. They will come at you one way and you'll flee seven different. Yikes. It sounds like obedience is very, very important to God. Amen. Watch this. I'm going to blow your hair back some. He's talking, we're talking about curses and disobedience, but let's not forget, we're talking about obedience and disobedience, and we're talking about cursing and blessing. I read this a couple different times to make sure, but did you see that there was not one time that he said they were not going to be his kids anymore? (laughs) This ain't got nothing to do with salvation. But when you, you, there's a line you can flirt with. I'm going to get there in a second. But this right here ain't got nothing to do with salvation. This is talking about being blessed and being cursed. He never in that set of scripture said, they ain't going to be my kids no more and I'll disown you and I'll go raise up another nation. No, it was all chastisement. It was all discipline against the disobedient. So he's talking to his kids and he's saying, if you're obedient, I'm going to do this. If you're disobedient, I'm going to do that. Not one time did he say, you're going to stop. I'm going to, I'm going to disown you and you're going to stop being my kids. This wasn't about salvation. This was about walking in the blessing of God and the fullness of God or not walking in it. This is so sad because, um, watch me, hear, hear me out when I say it. It's so sad to see young Christians not get a hold of this quickly. I didn't say old Christians. You've been serving God 30 years. You, 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 you have no excuse. But, but young Christians, it's so sad to see this not teach to them early on in their walk because they're saved, but their life don't even look like it just yet. That's why you better keep your lips off people. You better be real careful how you talk about young Christians because you're, le- you're raising yourself to a level of judgment that God has never intended for you to partake in. 
But watch this now. Watch this. This is why we got to teach obedience. We got to teach hard truth and we got to teach scandalous grace. So, so you've got to teach the young Christian early on about obedience because it will unlock blessing in their life. I see so many young believers walking around in turmoil and chaos because they refuse to walk in obedience to God. And maybe it's because we aren't telling them enough. Well, we need to, we need to, be, we need to be gentle. And, and hear me out. I understand that. We do. But it doesn't mean that we don't have the conversation. It doesn't mean that we don't have the conversation. Scandalous. You have the conversation and then you show scandalous grace. When you see a young believer in a whirlwind of mess and sin and all kind of craziness going on, you go to them and you tell them the truth in love and you say, you're forgiven though. Now let's do better the next time. Come on, we got to walk. We got to be a people that teach obedience. This isn't even about salvation. There's so many Christians that do not walk in the fullness of God because they, they do not walk in obedience to the things that God has called them to do. Amen. Now, here we go. I'm going to flip the switch on y'all. Y'all know I like to do that, right? 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying? Touch your neighbor, tell him obey. As in obeying the voice of the Lord. Do we got that scripture up? Has the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices and obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to the heed and to heed to the fat of rams. Watch this. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has also rejected you from being king. This is the prophet Samuel talking to King Saul for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. This is a scary thought to know here because Saul here continues in disobedience and he won't adhere to the word of the Lord because he's a people pleaser. He, had, he was worried about how the people would respond. He was worried about how, what everybody else would say about him or what everybody else would think about him. Come on, the people had convinced him to save the life of King Agag and to save the life of the, of the livestock and all the animals. He was supposed to go in and destroy this entire nation that had come against Israel. And there's a, a lot deeper spiritual meaning to that. You need to go dig that. I don't have time to unpack that right now. But he walks in disobedience to the word that God has given him because he's a people pleaser. Come on, the people convinced him to save the livestock. That's money. The people convinced him to save the king. That's politics. Ain't that, ooh. We talk about that in the church. Don't talk about people's money. Don't talk about politics. We can't get along, can we? We might ought to change that. Watch this, and let me help somebody today. Partial listening is full disobedience. <laughs> Write that in your notes. Post that later. <laughs> Partial obedience is, is full disobedience. Partial listening is full 
disobedience in the eyes of God. He did 80% of what God told him to do. He, he almost did it. He did 80% of what God had told him to do. And Samuel the prophet makes a profound statement. And he says, your rebellion in the eyes of God is as witchcraft. And your stubbornness to not listen and obey, then heed the voice of the Lord is as iniquity and idolatry. Let's deal with one at a time. Rebellion is different than sin. The Hebrew word for sin, and I am not going to try to pronounce that. I still want to feel smart. I want you to think that I'm smart. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to pronounce. But the, the Hebrew language is very descriptive. And so it's like archery. It's like archery, and you're aiming for a target. Sin means you miss the mark. Right. So if sin means that you've missed the mark, rebellion is a whole nother ball game because rebellion means you're not even aiming for the mark. That means that, you know, what you're not supposed to be doing, but you're doing it anyways. Now, when you sin, when you when you sin and you make a mistake, that's what the blood's for. Come on. When I stub my toe, bow. And I let out something out of my mouth. <laughs> that, that's sin. You, you, missed, you just missed the mark there. But when God has told you to do something. Oh, let me take it a step further. When God has told you to live a certain way. But you just refuse to live the way that God has told you to live. The Samuel, the prophet, is saying that you're not in sin anymore. You are in a state of rebellion, and rebellion is as witchcraft in the eyes of God. And we're talking about obedience and disobedience. We're talking about blessings and cursing. Let me ask you a quick question. Do you think God is blessing witches? This is heavy. I feel the weight of it right now. This is heavy, and I get that. But we have got to begin in the church of Jesus Christ to walk in obedience to the things that God has called us to. Watch this. And your stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Iniquity and idolatry. When you read the word iniquity translated in the King James Version or the New King James Version, and when you hear that word, you need to think of iniquity. It means inward. Right? It means inward. He was bruised in, for our iniquities. You know what a bruise is, right? You, 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 it's, it's blood that's trapped on the inside. He was bruised for your iniquities. So he was bruised for that inward sin that you think nobody knows about. Come on. He, he, he was bruised for that iniquity, that inward sin that you've got going up, that stuff that runs through your mind when you're sitting there talking to the individual and you're thinking this about them and thinking that. But you don't know. You think nobody hears that or understands that. That that's what iniquity is or that thing that you're doing when nobody's looking. That's what iniquity is. And he says your stubbornness is as iniquity. So he's saying you have a heart problem when you're stubborn. And we got so many Christians. Well, I'm just stubborn. 
I hope not with God. Because your stubbornness now is as idolatry. Idol. Idolatry. Meaning that you have elevated whatever it is that God has told you not to be doing. You have elevated it above your trust level with God. And you are saying, nope. God, this means more to me than that. Now your stubbornness and your stubborn way and just not doing things God way when he's told you to do it a certain way. Now it has gotten to a place of iniquity and adultery. Mm. God is saying when you are being stubborn about the things I've asked you to do. And you refuse to do them. Whatever you are refusing to do has become an idol in your life. You're not trusting God and you have elevated that thing above God and said it's more important. That that is more important than me trusting you. Let me give you an example of this. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you an example of this with with your tithe and your finances. Watch this. Thank you, honey. When you don't trust God in your finances to tithe and be obedient to what he has called you to do. And he says this. This is is crazy. Test me in this. Test me in this and see if I don't open the windows of heaven. There goes another key. We'll talk about this more later. But there goes another key. Watch this. Now, think about this. I want you to think about when you don't tithe. You have now elevated 10% of your check above trusting God. Not the whole check, 10% of the check. You have elevated 10% of the check to say, God, I don't necessarily trust that you're going to put food on the table this week. God, I don't trust that if I keep this this 10% and me get to keep 90, that God, you're not going to pay the electric bill this month. That God, it's real quiet in here. Y'all okay? That God, you're you're not going to put gas in my vehicle this week. You have not even elevated your whole check. At least elevate your whole check. Not the 10%. The 10%. You've elevated above your trust with God. Watch this. Here goes another good one. Example number two, relationships. Y'all okay? I'm done talking about money. (laughs) Relationships is a great one. God told you to get away from them. And God... the people have displayed the fruit that you don't need to be with them anymore. They've treated you wrong. They've done this to you. They've done that to you. And you hold on to this relationship, whether it be a friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And they have treated you unjustly. And there's just been all kind of chaos. And God has whispered to you by the Holy Spirit, run, get up out of there, get away from them. That's not who I have for you. But we continue to stay in these relationships and the fruit of it is destroying our lives. And when you do that, you have elevated this person's relationship with you above your trusting in God. And you say, God, this isn't, you don't say this, but this is what's happening. It's an idol. God, I'm believing that this person, this relationship, this idol, I trust them more than I trust you. Do you understand that God tells you to run and God tells you to get away because you're his kid and he wants to protect you? He's not trying to suck the fun out of your life. He's trying to protect you. All right, here we go. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be quick today. 
My first closing. Here we go. I seriously am almost done. Y'all are going to be blown away today. 35 minutes. <laughs> Watch this. Let me finish. Y'all don't start laughing now. Let me finish. Y'all laugh at me. I'll keep preaching. Obedience to God. Obedience to God. Obedience to man. Oh, God calls you to be obedient to him. And then he calls you to be obedient to mankind whether it be a man or a woman, some form of leadership in your life. God calls you to be obedient to him first and foremost, but then he calls you to be obedient to a person that he has placed you to sit underneath. (laughs) Obedience to man. Obedience to leadership. Touch a neighbor and tell him, I'm going to be obedient. (laughs) I see some of y'all looking at your boyfriend or girlfriend. That was weird. I'm sorry. That was weird. Lord, help me. (laughs) No. All right, get sanctified again, Caleb. Get sanctified. Obedience. (laughs) Obedience to men. Obedience to mankind. Obedience to your leadership. God has called you to be obedient to him. And let me help you with this too. Let's start out with this. I always tell this to our BTB students all the time. Obedience to the staff members at BTB means if they tell you to do something and it is not sin, you do it. (laughs) No no amens again. I'm making it hard to preach today. If they're not asking you to sin and they are your leadership, you have to trust the fact that God has placed you underneath this person's stewardship because God will hold them accountable if they're not stewarding you well. So you don't have to worry about any of that. But if God has called you to submit underneath their leadership, as long as they are not asking you to sin, you should walk in obedience. Amen. Do you understand that this commands a blessing from God? Did you read that? commands a blessing. So we've dealt with obedience to God. Now let's deal with this towards men. Hebrews 13, 17, because I know some of y'all are talking about thinking in your mind right now. I've seen it go across the screen. Well, has he got Bible for this? Has he got any word for this? Yes, I do. Hebrews 13, 17 says this. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. There's a period there too. Obey what your spiritual leaders tell you Uh, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say their work to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God they work to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God do you understand that when I stand before God one day I'm gonna I just picture it this way y'all go with me here I'm standing before God and I give an account for my life as Caleb McCall and I will answer for everything that I did as Caleb McCall and then God's gonna say okay step over here now I want you to answer for everything that you did as pastor Caleb McCall every word that you said every meeting that you had every every inch of direction that you gave every time you stood in a pulpit and preached under the anointing and in my name you will stand and give an account for this so good spiritual leaders that have read that scripture they'll be leading you the right way because we have to give a separate account to God for what we do with your lives as they watch over your soul give them reason watch this give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow for that would not be of benefit to you Okay, don't make me mad. I'm kidding. That's awesome. 
That's a great scripture for me. And especially if y'all get it, let them do their job with joy. That's not saying don't bring problems, don't have counsel, don't have me. That's what I'm here for. That's what a shepherd does. I'm here for all of those things. But what I am saying is don't cause problems for the pastor. This backbiting and devouring thing, this, this not this acting crazy or, or doing this or doing that. You got problems, bring them on. We'll go right up them steps and we will talk and I will love on you and we will figure it out together. Come on. But what this is saying, let your spiritual leader do his job and do his mission with joy, for he has to do and give a separate account. His, his, the job is already hard enough. Don't make it harder. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I told y'all 35 minutes. I'm at 31. Come on. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Who does, who does that preacher think he is? Who, who does that pastor think that he is telling me to tithe? Come, come, come on. Who does he think he is asking me to serve and park cars or open doors? at the? Don't he know I'm busy? Who, who does this pastor think he is to tell me? That I shouldn't be shacking up with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. I love them. We've been talking about getting married. <laughs> but watch this now. Watch this now. I don't tell you that because I just enjoy telling you. Because that's tough. I'm talking about all of it, not just the last part. <laughs> when you have to correct somebody, those are tough moments. They're not fun. Pastors don't enjoy that. Spiritual leaders don't enjoy that. It's not fun. I always say it at BTB all the time. It is awkward to look a grown man in the eye and tell him, like, bro, you are blowing it right now. You need to grow up. Like, that's tough. But it has to be done. And it's my job to do so. And watch this. This is the, here's, here goes the kicker. This seals it up. The icing on the cake. It's this. It's because I care about your soul. It's because I want you to be with me in the kingdom of God in eternity forever, worshiping the king with your family, and we will go there, and until Jesus returns, by the way, y'all know that being a Christian isn't just punching your ticket to heaven, that in Revelation, heaven and earth are going to collide, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and God is going to be with his people, and we are going to be in charge and rule the earth, and there's going to be no more sorrow, there's not going to be no more tears, there's going to be no more death, death wears your sting, it's been swallowed up, come on, God God has an eternity, a whole nother dimension, and a whole nother world that is available to you and I if our souls are right upon his return. So that is why, as a spiritual leader, you shouldn't give your spiritual leader grief because your spiritual leader is just trying to look out for you. Because if they're a real shepherd, if they're a true shepherd, I just want you to be blessed. I just want all those promises from Deuteronomy chapter 28 to be a part of your life. Obedience to man. I got to go. I got to go. Titus 3, 1. Remind the believers to submit to governing authority and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. Remind believers to submit to government and its officers. The entire book of Romans 13 
I don't have time. Go read it today. The entire book, I wrote it a bunch when I was at Teen Challenge because I had an authority problem. Come on, I had an authority problem. My goodness, I wrote the Romans 13. I don't even know how many times. My goodness, I, I should be able to just quote it right now. But Romans 13 is all about authority and man. It's man authority from mankind. Just go read the whole book. It states that all authority is God-ordained. Watch this. Even the bad ones. Even the bad ones. I got to share this quick testimony and then I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I was in Teen Challenge and there was a staff member who was always busting my chops. He was always getting on to me. He was always riding my tail. I was the one dude that I remember at the program that was like actually reading his Bible at night. <laughs> this was my first phase, four, first four months of the program. And I'm the one guy that's reading his Bible at night. I'm trying. I am a little bit of a mess because I am coming out of the streets. My life is crazy. I'm a little bit of a mess. But I was, I was trying to do the right thing. This guy's always busting my chops. He's always busting me up. And I'm sitting down there in the bottom half of the, a three-story like ski lodge house. And I'm sitting down there, and I'm supposed to be upstairs, you know, washing up, getting ready for dinner. But I'm actually down there reading my Bible. Keep in mind, I knew something was off about this guy. So we kept getting into these little spats. But I'm down there reading my Bible. I'm supposed to be upstairs. And he comes down, and he starts ripping me a new one, buddy. He starts ripping me a new one. And I, and I said, and I, uh, uh, let me not. I'm not going to go there. But I jumped up off that couch. And he went running back upstairs. We'll say that. I didn't touch him. I didn't do any of that. But I jumped up off that couch. And he got my attention. And then I had his attention. Come on, somebody. But watch this. And I regretted it immediately. And I, I got into it with him. We had a shouting match, whatever. He went back upstairs and blah, blah, blah. And I was sitting in the living room that next morning. And I remember my, the director of the program coming up. And he was, he was storming down to the house. And I just stepped on outside because I knew he was coming for me. That happened after he had left the day before. So he comes down there and he says, you give me one reason why I should let you stay in this program and not remove you and kick you out today. And I said, well, because if you kick me out, I'm going to end up in prison the rest of my life or I'm going to end up dead of an overdose car wreck. I'm just, I'm just going to be dead. So I'm asking you, I'm begging you, please let me stay. I really do want to get my life together. I want to give my life to Jesus. Let me stay. He said, okay. He put me in a classroom for seven days straight from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., and I did nothing but writing assignments. That's where a lot of that Romans 13 came from. I mean, I was just doing writing assignment after writing assignment. They'd come in. They made me wash dude's car every day. They made me pick out weeds in the garden every day. <laughs> Mama? <laughs> They made me pick out weeds in the garden every single day. It was in May in Virginia. Scorching hot. I ain't no gardener either. There's some benefits to having your mom come to your church, but sometimes. So, so look, but watch this. In that classroom, God broke me of my authority issue with men. I never had an authority issue with a leader in my life since that day. Has there been times that I've disagreed with my leaders? Sure. But God broke me in that moment. You want to know? Watch this. Three years later, I believe it was, two or three years later, they found him drunk as a skunk 
in his little apartment downstairs, and he admitted to them that he'd been drinking the whole time. We would find little caps all in the parking lot and different, and we're like, where is this coming from? We knew something was off about the guy, but God used that man who was living in sin to break me of my authority issue. It'll turn this obedience to men thing, it'll turn the lights on for this thing. Being obedient. He was a leader in my life. Even though he wasn't living right and he had made mistakes and he wasn't living perfect and all those. God used it. Why? Because in that classroom, humility had flooded my mind and my heart. And I surrendered in that moment. And I said, God, I'm never going to do this to you again because I love you. And when I was reading and writing Romans 13 over and over and over again, God just revealed to me that he's able to use it all for his glory and for your good. Amen. Amen. I'm closing. I'm closing. As I'm closing with this last scripture, it's this. Not everyone says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my father will be the one who enters the kingdom of heaven. He who does the will of my father. 721, Matthew 721. He who does the will of my father will be the one who enters the kingdom of heaven. He who's a Baptist will enter into the kingdom of heaven. He who's assembly of God will enter into the kingdom of heaven. He who's a Methodist will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Come on. He who's church of Christ will enter. In. He who obeys and does the will of my father is he who will enter the kingdom of heaven. Keys to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. Kingdom keys. It sounds like God is saying, without the key of obedience, you ain't entering heaven. It's real quiet in here. And that's good because you need to feel the weight of that. Not how many times you come to church. Not how much money you give to the church. That's just a key for blessing. Your salvation isn't wrapped up in money. (laughs) That's just obedient. It's not wrapped up in how many times you come to church. It's not wrapped up in how much money you give to the church. It's not wrapped up in how much you serve and how many hands you 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 shake and how many people you greet. It's not wrapped. It's not how it's not wrapped up in how much you read the Bible because it's pointless to read the Bible and not obey the Bible. it's, It's not about how good and talented you are in leading people in worship. It's not about how well you can preach. It's not about how well you can teach. The kingdom key to unlock heaven and get you there one day is obedience. I'm not making this whole thing based about work, so please don't twist up what I'm trying to tell you today. I'm just telling you that obedience, yeah, thank you, Lord. Jesus says, if you love me, that you obey my commands. So, so when, we, when we say that, if you love me, you obey my commands, that means that Jesus has automatically tied your relationship to how much you obey him, and it's about relationship with Jesus that gets you into heaven too. You see how this all fits like a glove? Yeah, yeah. Obedience, 
I didn't even know why. I'm like, Lord, why you got me preaching on obedience as the first kingdom key? Because there's like some really good stuff in this teaching. We're going to get excited. We're going to run laps. We're going to do a bunch of stuff in here over the next couple of weeks. But God, why did you want me to start out with obedience? And it was just revealed to me yesterday when I started studying this stuff. Obedience is your key for the kingdom. Stand with me. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Can I get some help on the keys, Brandon, please? Lord, we honor you in this place. Father, you are good. And we thank you for the word today. God, we thank you that obedience is a key. Obedience to your word is a key that can unlock blessing in our lives that God you want us blessed in the city you want us blessed in the countryside you want us blessed going in and blessed coming out you want us to be above and not beneath God you have great plans for your people you want to bless us you want to take us to higher levels you want to give us great exploits to accomplish for the kingdom of God but Lord we know through your word today that it all starts from a place of obedience that's the key that will unlock the blessing and father we understand from your word we take it a step further today and we say God we thank you that obedience reveals the level of our relationship with you for we shall not enter the kingdom of heaven if we are not born again and have a relationship with you, Jesus. For your word says that many, many will come to me and say on that day, Lord, didn't I do that? Lord, I spoke in tongues. Lord, I prophesied. Lord, I did. I cast out devils in your name. I did this. I did. God, I went to church. God, I sold, I gave tithes, I gave offering, I did all of those things. I shook hands at the door, I parked cars, I did this, I did that. But you're going to look at some of these folks and say, depart from me, I never even knew who you was. Which points us back to relationship, God. And Lord, the level of our relationship with you is tied to will we be obedient to what it is that you have called us to do. Father, I thank you that you are a good God and that you never ask your people to do something without giving them the ability to do it. There it is. God's not asking you to be obedient to him and then not giving you the Holy Spirit which enables you to be obedient to him, which gives you the power to be obedient to him. Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you in this place. There's a sweet presence here right now. God, we thank you for it. God, I thank you that you give us the ability to be obedient. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. I know this was a strong word today, but this ain't, this ain't a, a doom and gloom message. God, I'm telling the people. Lord, reveal to them by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, tell them, you can do this. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So God, we can follow you. We can be obedient to you. We can love you. We can walk in compassion and mercy and grace to the world around us that we were predestined to be conformed to the image of your son. So God, that means that we can look like you. You wouldn't tell us that we could look like you if we couldn't look like you. So Father, we thank you. By your Holy Spirit, I pray for the power right now. Lift your hands, church, in this place. Father, give them the power to walk in obedience. Give them the wisdom to walk in obedience. Lord Jesus, David said, I have hidden your, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Lord, help us to hide your word in our heart. If we don't know the word, we don't know what to be obedient to. Lord, as they read and study their word this week, as they take time and set it apart for you, Lord Jesus, I just pray. Lord Jesus, I would pray that revelation, the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be upon them. Give them the power to walk in all that you've called them to. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And the church said, Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvasshebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.